Hey, it's Imani. Welcome back to Imani Talks Astrology. Here talking about astrology. (laughs) So this episode, I will recap the lessons of the North Node in Leo and South Node in Aquarius. This was a very exciting episode to make. It has been a long time coming because <laughs> I said I would publish it like, yikes, in the beginning of November. It is now the end of November. Hey, but you know, the thing about having, and I, t- I made a really dope and awesome thread about this. I have Mercury in Pisces and the learning process with Mercury in Pisces is very slow. And it requires you to experience rather than to just research and spit out, right? Like, I could I just be like, yo, here's the textbook meaning of what this is. Here's what to look for. Da, 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 da. I could, but it's not as fun as like taking this really fun and interesting journey with the things that I learn and like slowly being able to come into like a place where I'm like ah like I understand that like I experience and I feel this and I know this to be real and true let me share this with you and I feel like you can probably feel within the the content right how much I I'm speaking from a, a, at least a, a place of, you know, my heart and from a, a very true place, which is so much better to speak from than like this really like weird podium where I'm like, hey, let me just share this information to you. Here's the, here's the lecture notes. Here you go. Right. Um, and so, yeah, this was a really fun episode to record. I'd even say the the process and the, the journey to kind of understanding and knowing the information was incredibly amazing and it just you know I'm I'm so grateful um for everything that has kind of unfolded in the last a uh, year and two year two years two and a two and a half kind of ish years um it's just been no it's just been a year and a half yeah it's just been amazing. It's been an amazing journey to kind of take. And I'm so happy that I get to reflect upon that with you all. And I really, again, I thank you so much for listening. I thank you all for your support and your patience because I know that I am very inconsistent. <laughs> but I feel like the the closer I become to being routine and systematic and um, mindfully, you know, this is kind of something that I talk about in this and mindfully creating this, the structure and space needed to be able to allow this information to just kind of flow um, to me and flow to me in a timely way as well that is helpful to you all, the better that the content will be and the more, you know, on time it will be. But you, you all, it's always timely, right? Like you're like, ah, I needed to hear this now and ah, this makes sense now, right? Anyway. Again, thank you for listening. Follow me on my socials, you, woman, you. I am doing readings up until the end of the year, and then I will not be doing readings in 2019. Um, And uh, maybe next episode I'll talk about why, but 
other than that, thank you so much for listening and I hope you enjoy. Hey everybody, welcome back. I am reporting from the fucking throes of fucking Scorpio season. Jesus. Woo! This has been insane. And maybe it always has been, but I've never really noticed it before. Um, The Scorpio season is a lot. But I think sometimes you don't completely feel the intensity of a season until you're ready to really um, accept the things that it's trying to bring you, right? This has been a really intense couple of weeks um not just for me but for like literally everyone I know which means it has been probably for everybody it has been really hard um especially Halloween like leading up to literally this this very moment right here um so what's happened since the last time I talked to you well happy new moon I hope that you have taken what I said in the last um, episode and utilized the new moon as an opportunity to really bring healing or introduce yourself to the idea of healing and not doing it in a very, I don't know, what is it, like, band-aid solution kind of way, but, like, really knowing and taking the steps necessary to really heal. Because if you don't, um, this next year is going to be a bit difficult. Why do I say that? Well, as you can probably tell by the title of this, we are talking about the nodes, the node, North Node in Cancer, South Node in Capricorn, of course, that just happened on, what, the 7th, which was a Wednesday, I believe, followed by Jupiter in Sagittarius, which I kind of talked about a bit, but I'm probably going to revisit it because we have an entire year to talk about it. So, like, why not keep talking about it, right? Um, but before we start talking about North Node in Cancer and South Node in Cap, I think it serves as a really good opportunity to kind of review and really look over what the North Node in Leo and the South Node in Aquarius has brought us. Because at the end of the day, if you haven't noticed, nodes go retrograde, right? So they go from 29 to zero. They don't go zero to 29. And so what I think or what I envision when I think about that, it's kind of like, you know, when you watch a movie and they like show the reverse of the entire movie and then put you at the beginning and then you have to experience it. It's kind of like that, right? Where nodes bring you into situations or push you. I really, the the key word is push. Um, I don't want to sound like, oh, it's fate, it has to happen. Like you are, you get to decide what you do or do not do, period. You know what I mean? It's it's up to you. It is a choice that you make, Um Given the fact that you listen to this podcast, I'm pretty sure you're someone who chooses to go in the direction that they're pushed or would like to and are working towards that point. Hey, I, to some certain extent, am also that person. So 
really being pushed to make the decisions necessary, to push into the direction necessary, really to watch yourself grow and unfold the way that you deserve to and the way that you have the potential to. That's all that the notes are about, right? Um, the sun is the, your sun is the mechanism in which you navigate this life and the way that you grow into um, the, the mission statement, I guess, um, or the vision, I guess, you know, in a, a business, it's like the mission statement is this, like your mission is to do this as a, I don't know, Scorpio, this is what your mission is. The vision, how you do it, how it's done, oftentimes very, you know, or where it's done is painted not only by the house in which the sun is in, but the North Node also plays a very big role in terms of the lessons that you are to kind of take and learn to really grow. Like, what is going to help you fulfill that mission? What would it look like if you were to fulfill this vision? What are some of the things that you do? What are the, some of the things that you should step into? North Node, right? Transiting North Node, of course, is some of the baby steps um, along the way, or the kind of bigger, larger picture that we all kind of need to step into, not for just for ourselves, but for each other. All of this is about each other, um, is about each person, not just the individual, which I will continue to emphasize over and over again. Right? Um, so last week on the 31st, uh, or depending on what when you're listening to this, on the 31st Halloween, the transits in the, or the aspects in the sky were fucking bananas. I tweeted about it. It was insane. And you either felt it a couple days before, you felt it the day of, or you felt it a few days after. Either way, we all kind of had that, the tower moment um, brought to us by our amazing friend Uranus in Taurus retrograde, right? Um, Where something that had been kind of in the works or kind of happening since the beginning of the year finally took a turn to the point where it's like, hey, you need to look at this thing one more time. I'm sorry, but I think it has to go. Which is really hard to hear and it's really hard to to decide on, right? Um, There was a grand fixed cross in the sky. So what does that mean? That means there is a planet in each fixed sign. So we had our retrograde Venus and Scorpio, painting a very vivid picture of our self-worth as mirrored through our relationships with other people, the places where we compromise ourselves, the places where we're not honest with ourselves, the places and parts of ourselves that need to heal so that we can create and have a healthy sense of worth so that we are attracting the relationships that we deserve and also the ones that we crave as well, right? Um, opposing that Uranus, um, bringing about this change and this shift in a way that is very jarring um, and surprising. Venus opposite Uranus is usually the breakup aspect. So you might have seen, you know, friendships ending, relationships kind of ending abruptly or suddenly or learning something shocking. Um, but ultimately, the 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 hard part about that, um, and the the positive part of your Uranus or Uranus, depending on you know your sense of humor, um, is that it has the capability to be extremely enlightening, 
and extremely freeing um, and push you into a new forward kind of thinking direction. And honestly, I think at its core, that is what Uranus wants us to do. Uranus also very representative of the universe. Um, Uranus um, is the is representative of the universe um, within uh, mythology, uh, if you look it up, which is really kind of awesome and cool. And so knowing that the universe is on, you know, the universe being opposing um, the immediate feeling or immediate sense of self-worth that you have that you've been reflecting on and looking at for quite some time now. Um, uh, And having to look over that and kind of explore that in a way that is not very comfortable. Um, Even the last Venus retrograde was not this hard. And that was 20... What year is it? It was 2017 and it was in Venus. Venus wasn't... Of course it was in Venus. The planet is Venus. It was in Aries, I believe. That one wasn't even that difficult. Um, Mind you, I was also avoiding men at that time. So that probably also made it a lot easier too. Um, (laughs) But... um, This time around, you know, Venus is in detriment in Scorpio, but I really feel like it is a place where the planet functions very well in terms of creating, um, helping us, giving us that extra push to kind of create and look for the things that we crave within a relationship, not on a very material level, but, or a superficial level, but in the, the intimacy and the depth of the connection that we really need and desire within someone to be able to make a relationship work, right? So the universe kind of, you know, with the opposition, it's like, hey, something's got to give, pulling in one direction, going in another. And the decision kind of being, you know, the 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 tension point is the north nodes, right? The north node and the south node. North node in Leo is telling you via the eclipses, this is you, this is what you have the potential to be, this is how you can shine, this is how you can show up in the world. <sighs> you know, and... Oops, sorry, distracted, got a text message. Um, let me, jeez. Okay, let me put my phone on, do not disturb. Okay. Um, being, you know, North Node pushing you in a direction that's new, right? Pushing you in a direction, in an area in which you need to grow. We all need to grow into ourselves, right? Um, the opposing side being, the south node in Aquarius where there is a comfort um, within the, you know, expectations of, well, no, I'll say this. I feel like, you know, so your Aquarius also has to do, if you, you're familiar with the tarot, it's represented by the, the star card. It's one of my favorite cards in the deck. It's so beautiful. It's cool. Um, and the story behind um, Aquarius, the, uh, what's it called? The constellation is also really amazing and beautiful as well. Maybe I'll resend that newsletter out to people. If you ask for it, I'll send it to you because it's awesome. Um, the wishes and dreams. Um, you think about stars and you you know when you wish upon a star, you know, corny shit. Um, all of your your hopes and your dreams and your wishes are also very much so a part of the south node in Aquarius. And so within this energy that was in the air, there was a, you know, the thing with a square is, it's never a no, you can't have this. It's always a no, you can't have this right now. 
this does not work right now. I'm sorry, but you, you, maybe you have to come back to it, but there's something else you have to do first. And many of us, whether it's through a relationship, whether it's a relationship with a person, a relationship with money, romantic or platonic, whatever it may be, um, or just our relationship with ourselves, right? If you're fighting with um, your mirror. Um, in order to get, you know, to that point, there is a temporary need to suspend the need and desire for your wishes and dreams um, immediately, right? Um, I think one of the things that we all kind of face is something falling into our lap, theoretically speaking, right? Didn't really fall. Or metaphor, whatever. You understand what I'm saying. Um, Falling into our lap and it being exactly what we think that we want and need in that moment and realizing that maybe that wish and that dream is just a, as Nora (laughs) said, maybe it's just a, something that feels familiar and not necessarily something that completely fills our wishes and dreams. And so there being a need for us to choose ourselves, um, to choose to work towards our vision, to temporarily suspend the need and desire for these wishes and dreams to be fulfilled, knowing that at the right time, they will come back. I feel like a lot of the the entire transit itself through the nodes. So mind you, this adventure started back in 2016. 2016, as first started. Um, I believe it was, ooh, let me find this paper really quickly. And let me get lotion for my face because it's so dry right now. Um, yeah, these eclipses have been, you know, this eclipse cycle has been happening for a while, oh, oh, sorry, I'm like putting lotion on my mouth, <laughs> like around my mouth and trying to record. I am so ridiculous. Also, I would really like to apologize to everyone who was listening to the last episode and could hear me fidgeting and obnoxiously eating grapes. Like that was like ridiculous. And I listened to it myself and I was like, no one wants to fucking listen to you eat grapes. Like that is disgusting. Anyway, bear with me as I find these notes. They're like right here. And they're really good. Um, there's one page. I just need one more, y'all. Is this it? Yes, it is. Awesome sauce. Okay. Whew. I'm going to sit on my couch because it's warm. Or maybe I'm not. Having to get rid of that, right? Or push that away. Um, And so the amazing or kind of maddening thing about the nodes, or I'm sorry, about the fixed signs is that they offer a lesson in love and the way that it develops. Starting at Taurus, right? Self-worth, self-love using that to cultivate um, and create a desire within yourself and a love of yourself um, that allows you to express yourself without dimming your shine, 
which is Leo, right? From there, loving yourself enough to become honest and real about what is inside and what hurts you um, and what is keeping you from, again, being able to move from the serpent to the phoenix. The parts of you that need to die so that you can be born again, so that you can shine um, as bright as you would like to. The place where we have the potential to regenerate, right? Scorpio. And then lastly, we move that um, and use that um, desire within ourselves to pour back our um, knowledge and, and our, our understanding and our experiences, our emotional experiences back into the world, not just for ourselves, but for everybody, um, for the sake of humanity, right? The humanitarian, Aquarius. And so this entire cycle has been this kind of really annoying <laughs> but necessary game that we're kind of playing with ourselves where we're fighting all of these different aspects of ourselves at one time, right? Which is kind of what makes it maddening. And I ultimately is unfun as it was, I do really respect the transit for it ending the way that it did because it said, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Are you going to choose to continue to keep yourself stuck in a cycle of temporarily fulfilling your hopes and dreams and and desires? Or are you really going to step into yourself and allow yourself the space to create and cultivate the environment and the the sense of self-worth um, necessary to really make that real, to really make that a reality, right? And I, it, that's not easy, you know? Um, and this decision that you've made, um, unfortunately, I'm not going to say unfortunately, will, even though I just did, will kind of echo through the way that this transit kind of unfolds itself. So the North Node, um, South Node transit will be until literally just posted this on my own Instagram and I don't even remember will be until May of 2020 so y'all got a year and some change and that y'all means me as well right um all of that time to really get it the fuck together but what I will say is then by I don't want to say choosing the wrong decision but ultimately it is the temporarily wrong in terms of you wronging yourself and not doing right by yourself you will have to play a game of catch-up and so I think as we re at the beginning of next year so the first um eclipse of the year will be January holy third Oh, this is not the notes page that I had before. The other one had dates. Gosh. Um, you know, at the, the first eclipse at the beginning of in January is going to be in the sign Leo. Um, the moon will be in the sign Leo. Um, and it will be the full moon in Aquarius. So lots of these kind of decisions and echoings will kind of come forth. Um, we will also kind of find that the themes of the first eclipse of the summer, which was the one that had cancer opposite, you know, the 
um, moon, full moon, no, yeah, full moon in Capricorn, um, which was conjunct Pluto, I believe. Um, so really that one kind of giving us a sneak peek of everything that we have to offer in terms of being at a crossroads, right? Remember we talked about that. If you don't remember, go back and listen. Um, being at a crossroads in which we must really choose, um, the the path to kind of move forward right um and the the best way um or kind of seeing the way that all of these different parts of ourselves have a really kind of odd and strange relationship with one another where there is a need and desire um to step into self there's a need and desire to nurture self but also kind of having to struggle with like does that does the way that I need to nurture myself like align with you know my hopes and my dreams and what like I I wish for there that can lots of times show up in terms of your friendships um in the communities that you're part of groups blah 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 the way that I want to express myself and show up in the world it seems like there are a thousand structures and systems that are telling me that I can't do that or that that's not possible help me (laughs) or there's something that I've experienced uh that has told me that that's not possible um having to kind of counter um, counter that, which isn't fun. And it, it, it makes it very difficult. And so that kind of same feeling kind of reemerging, um, at the beginning of this transit. Um, but what I will say is, yo, if you are a same, how the fixed signs were going the fuck through it. If you are a cardinal sign, Aries, Cancer, Libra, Capricorn, get ready, get ready. And it's going to be a really difficult one because we have Pluto there in Capricorn. We have Saturn there. When the nodes meet up with Pluto, I hope it's not during a fucking, um, what is it called? I hope it's not during an eclipse. We'll see. When when we, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. I really hope it's not, though, because that will just, woo. Your trauma will become very familiar to you. The systemic kind of, you know, and the way that that will kind of show in the world will be very extre- intense. And that's another thing. Like this transit in terms of what it will mean for the United States as a country um, is uh, it will be very interesting and scary um, how that unfolds. Again, like I said before, we're coming up on our Pluto return have we worked through the trauma and pain that we have inflicted upon the citizens of this country and of the people of the world? Not really. I feel like we're just making it a little bit worse. And so that will definitely show in the way that this transit unfolds itself. Please remember that the United States is a cancer. So it will be pushed into its cancerian self either in a very positive way, which unfortunately I highly doubt, um, or a very negative way. Um, which we have seen. And so that would mean an intensifying of the way that we kind of show up in the world and the way that our politics affects, again, our citizens and our people. Um, I think we've kind of seen a little bit of a hint of that. Reproductive rights, um, rights in terms of women and motherhood will probably be very a very, very big deal. I know we just saw um, after the election it was beautiful to see that there were so many women um, elected 
um, which beautifully came at the end of the Jupiter and Scorpio, uh, what's it called, transit, uh, right? Um, which was very much so defined by the Me Too movement. Of course, we have a uh, rapist as a Supreme Court justice, and the counter to that, of course, is um, many more women coming into politics, um, which Ann Ortley discussed was also the case um, during a similar transit during the, um, I believe, the late 80s or the 90s when uh, the Anita Hill, Clarence Thomas um, uh, situation. It's crazy how we have not learned from our mistakes, right? And and ultimately, because we have not learned from our mistakes, that's what makes me feel like this transit, um, the North Node in, in uh, what is it called? North Node in Cancer, uh, South Node in Capricorn is going to be a fucking doozy. But I really hope that I'm wrong. I really do. I, I it genuinely within my heart, I really do hope it is. it turns out different. But I cannot say that I am hopeful. Um, for much of anything to come from uh, our country politically um, other than uh, people um, coming together and you know letting them know what it is if you know what I mean Um, and so tangent I think did I have anything else to say in regards to what happened last week, um, regardless of kind of how you feel now about the decision, because again, in the decision going back to talking about the the grand fixed crossed, cross um, that we experienced on October 31st, regardless of how you feel about the decision, um it was a point of freedom and freeing yourself uh, from a situation that no longer serves you. Um, And that may feel very odd right now because of the familiarity of the situation as shown to us by North Node, I mean, South Node and Aquarius, but also knowing that that opened up a door for something new um, new possibilities, new adventures to kind of take within this realm, right? Um, I'm going to take a break, and then when we get back, I'm going to talk more about North Node in Cancer, South Node in Capricorn, also with some really fun, not fun, but some things to kind of think about um, in terms of uh, how to handle the transit and who whom (laughs) will be deeply affected by it um I kind of already mentioned that and I did kind of touch on the fact that if you didn't do your Scorpio you will find a bit of difficulty doing this right um all of it is connected I've talked I think in the past about how water sign houses are deeply connected to one another and I think I will utilize this time to do that as well all right I'll be back thanks for listening Welcome back. So before I start talking about um, the North Node in Cancer and the South Node in, what's it called? Capricorn. I did want to just bring up 
one really important point um, that uh, really kind of connects the south node in Aquarius to the north node in Leo. And so as I've mentioned before, you know, the the south node is a point in which it is familiar. It is what comes the most easy to you. Um, it is the point that you're supposed to stray away from, right? You're supposed to go towards the north node. Um, but with that, you also have to understand that you must feed that part of yourself um, and use it as a fuel to propel you towards that north node point, right? And for a while, um, you know, just in terms of my own understanding of astrology, it's kind of one of those things that just kind of clicked, you know, once I kind of saw and heard and kind of I've struggled to say, well, what does that mean? And what does that look like? Um, not only in my own birth chart, but also in terms of the transits that are happening, right? So at the t- around the time that I recorded the um, the first portion of this episode, um, or had considered, which was around the time of Halloween, I believe, or after. It was after, yeah. Um, it was like the weekend. Ugh, uh. um, there were two really kind of important messages that um, I received during a time that I, that, I mean, of course you receive messages when that's not what you're looking for, but you know, it was there. I was at my favorite tea shop. Um, and on top of your, I was with a friend. Oh my God, this person is listening. Hello. (laughs) On top of the lids, they always write a love is statement. And on my cup, it had said, love is friendship. Um, and on his, it had said, love is inside. And I was just like, ooh, ooh, like what if, like, mm. And, you know, given the conversation that we had and the way that the day kind of unfolded, that began to make so much more sense. And it made me understand that that is exactly what this transit has really been about. But using that understanding of love in the form of friendship to understand um, that love is inside, right? To understand that the place in which we can create from, the place in which we can bring so much to us um, is within you right? That's the Leo rules the heart. Um, Leo is ruled by the sun, which is the core of yourself. It is who you are. It is who you can be, right? And lots of times the people that we surround ourselves with um, reinforce uh, those things that we feel and know to be true about us. The people that we surround ourselves with Um, really kind of paint a picture or can push us into the direction of either away from ourselves or towards ourselves. Um, And so I think the following week, um, my, as a friend had, other friend, 
I'm going to stop referring to my friends by their name because I want them to all feel as special as they are. <laughs> they just know who they are based on the story, right? Um, a friend had invited me to listen to a talk um, from author Radha Agarwal. Um, um, she was talking about her book, Belong. And so for those who don't know who that is, Radha Agarwal is the founder of the Daybreakers Parties. Um, if you're familiar with those, if you're not a Daybreaker Party, you could probably find one in your city that you're in or the closest like major city that you're in. Basically, it's a morning party um, kind of aimed at giving you that kind of kickstart and that energy boost uh, and creating a community in which for you to kind of feel a sense of belonging and ultimately feel energized um, and kind of receive that boost needed to really kind of complete your day in a very kind of productive and energized way, right? She also is the co-founder of Thinks Underwear, which is the the period underwear. So this woman is just awesome. Um, and belonging, when I was able to kind of think about it, I'm like, this is such an Aquarian thing. This is so, you know, I'm sitting here, I'm amazed. I'm like, this is so South Node in Aquarius. Lo and behold, this woman is a an Aquarius, right? Writing a book about belonging and community, like it is literally just, it was laughable, um, but it was very enlightening. And so just to kind of talk about, in short, what she talked about, I definitely encourage you to get the book, think about it this way. As I had said, when you are experiencing the nodes, we're starting at 29, we're starting at the end and we are fast forwarding all the way through zero to the beginning. And that is your starting point, regardless of the transit. And this is just something to keep in mind, regardless of the transit. At the end of the transit, it's not, that is where the work begins, right? You are learning um, and studying and mastering as something is happening. The moment that it's over, it's applied and it's in practice, right? Let's do that. Let's go, right? That is the and that's kind of the the purpose of me kind of going over this. You're like, oh, this happened 20, when did it start? 2016, it's now 2018. Like, why are you still talking about it? It's like, well, the work starts now. So many of us just got hit to like what we're about and who we are very, very recently kind of pushed into that, right? So going back, sorry for the tangent, important tangent, but she talks about um, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, which is something that, you know, it, my ears perked up when I heard that because it's something that we oftentimes talk about in my job, in my day job and the work that I do, right? And so I was like, oh, okay, interesting. What is she going to say? Maslow's hierarchy of needs, of course, being the pyramid at the top of which is self-actualization, the point that an individual is supposed to meet, right? And when you think about it, that is a very kind of, sun sign north node ish kind of thing right where it's the point in which you can become and show and be or whatever your complete and truest self um to really fulfill your mission and purpose uh on this earth right and so being that that is the the end point and the end goal 
we could it would be so fun to just have an entire episode dedicated to like Maslow's hierarchy of needs planet by planet like how each one is sign by sign even even to kind of paint the picture of how that all kind of fits right and the the anyway I think you know where I'm going with that just an idea someone please remind me in like three months because I'm going to forget if I don't listen to my own episode which here I go with these tangents sometimes I do listen to them sometimes I don't I think lately I have not I think the last episode that I listened to of my own was like the the Capricorn one and I really liked that one and I wish everyone liked it as much as I did I thought it was great it was great anyway so going back to hierarchy of needs right so she at the bottom of the pyramid um which is what I again kind of deal with in my working life um is having a home having you know food to eat you know just kind of basic needs items the kind of essentials for surviving above that is like a sense of belonging right so going back to that um and she went on to mention um how in her studies or in you know coming across in her creation and research behind the book discovering that the lack of belonging um how it impacts individuals um it is just as harmful as being um an alcoholic um and so this physiological it or just as bad as not having kind of other physiological needs met, right? And so while it is something that is kind of placed above, you know, surviving as a um, something that is needed, it is shown, of course, through studies that people not belonging has um, a lot of harmful effects on them, on the individual um, and the way that they're able to kind of show up in society, right? Um, and it's really interesting. Um, a while ago, maybe like a year and a half ago, I'd listened to The Friend Zone, one of my favorite podcasts. And you can go back and look. They had an episode where they were talking about um, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And they were talking about, you know, lots of people, what they need or where they are on the pyramid isn't necessarily the same like people act like oh you know the bottom of the period the pyramid the period of the pyramid is like the most important like people need food people need this and I think um Fran hey Fran hey um had mentioned that's her handle I wasn't doing something okay anyway um had mentioned that you know being someone who like grew up in the projects and not necessarily having like maybe the best kind of home environment or, you know, most ideal way of having those basic needs met and fulfilled, found herself being able to reach self-actualization regardless of having those things, right? So the things on the pyramid that really kind of, or the places that she was able to kind of get to um, were despite those things, right? Granted, I will say that Many times that is, hmm, I don't want to say it's a, a rarity, but I I will say that that is what I, I, I feel about that. I feel like there are many people just, you know, given the, what I see every day in the work that I do, 
given what I see within my own family, there are lots of people who are able to do that. Um, but there, and those are oftentimes the people that we talk about who made it right. Um, but oftentimes it is, um, all those other things, you know, lots of times people also really struggle with not having those bottom level needs and being kind of stuck in survival mode. Right. Um, and that does hinder so many people and individuals, right? Just putting that out there. Um, but also what I do find too in the work that I do is that belonging is a really important part of this. Um, given the fact that I work in, I work in the nonprofit world. And so working with individuals who are living in poverty. Um, and when we think about the language that we use as a country, um, to describe individuals who live in poverty and the way that we kind of think about poverty as a country, um, we don't necessarily see these individuals as our social and societal responsibility. We see them as individuals who need to pull themselves up by, by their bootstraps. It is the welfare queen. It is, you know, the immigrant family that is mooching off of us. It is the refugee family that is coming here um, and poses a threat to, I don't know, you know, the way that we see American life and how it should be, right? So like all of those things um, are the the words that we project onto those individuals. And of course that would create um, an ostracization <laughs> of those individuals where they are not told that they belong, right? I feel like that makes so much more of a difference than even just the basic necessities that individuals need. Because when you think about it, our inability to allow or feel like those people belong to us or experience community with them makes us feel that they are not worthy of having those kind of most basic, essential kind of needed items, right? Woo, that's a lot. Anyway, um, and so from not feeling a sense of belonging. What comes from that? Loneliness, social anxiety. Um, and also one really great thing, not great, but one thing that she mentioned that was really important to think about is the shame in which we feel for not belonging. And I feel like that was the part of the conversation where I was like, damn, like, yeah. Like one really big thing that I've had to really kind of deal with during this transit is the way that I feel about my friends. Um, and a lot of the situations, you know, in middle school, high school, elementary school, just as, as far as I can remember, in terms of wanting to belong. At the beginning of my education, um, I moved the most, right? Um, whether it was from moving from one part of San Diego to another, to moving to a different country, to coming back and going to one school, but also like not living in the neighborhood where the school was, and then having to move to a completely different school, and then change another school right after that. And so kind of this really strange and weird chaotic moment where I was really struggling to find a sense of belonging. Um, and I feel like that narrative um, has kind of played out for a really, for a large portion of my, you know, ex existing life, my 24 years that I spent here on earth. And so with that, having ideas of, about what spaces I do and do not belong in or do 
should I belong to or I should not belong to, right? So, I mean, I think this kind of shows in some of the things that I previously said in other episodes, right, where I'm talking about, you know, being and I put quotation marks around this, like being not fitting in the the monolith that people associate with blackness. Also, not necessarily being um, someone who fits into the monolith of what a <laughs> normal person is. Also, having to work in spaces where lots of time I am the only black person um, or I am the only black dark-skinned woman, right? And having and receiving from the world different feedback about what makes it okay for me to occupy that space or what does not make it okay for me to occupy that space, whether it's in terms of how I think um, or just how I am and how I show up in those spaces, right? And so in kind of navigating that, I've kind of had to unravel my own ideas about what it means to belong and admit to myself even with some of the people that I love and that I'm closest to, that I don't feel a sense of belonging or that I don't feel like, you know, these people actually want to be around me or they don't actually want to be my friend. But then ultimately kind of coming to a point, um, I definitely say over the summer in which I become came so much closer to myself and seeing how much the best parts of me are reflected in the people that I choose to surround myself with and more importantly, the fact that they probably feel the exact same way about me as well. Um, and finding a sense of community and having friends that remind me that community and belonging can look so many different ways, right? And so having that understanding and using that as a space in which I can kind of find comfort and solace and happiness and acceptance in different parts of myself and the way that they're expressed and more importantly use that and use the people that I'm surrounded by to push me towards um, the best self that I can be. Um, One thing that you may have seen or may have felt during this transit is being able to kind of meet so many amazing beautiful and inside out, whatever, you know, people who are really able to kind of help you find the, the find and carve out your space within the world. Right. Um, and find those people that can say, I'm on your top, on your side, I am on your team. You know, I see who you are. I love who you are. I'm going to gas that to like the next level because like why wouldn't I do that like you're amazing right like those are the types of people that have kind of like slowly came into my world during the last during the cycle and you might have experienced that as well and so what is the point here so one other thing that kind of stuck out um is the 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 statement that Rada had kind of made um, was community is the container in which you feel a sense of belonging, right? Um, in creating a community. And I hope over the, the last year that is something that you have done is you've cultivated or found those spaces in which you feel like you belong, right? And in finding that and seeing that you're able to kind of dissect and find what things that you add to that space, things that are so unique um, that you bring 
to those spaces, right? Um, and from there, being able to utilize that to propel you towards self, right? After this year, you have, or this year and a half, or however long the freaking nodes were in those signs, you, there, you have seen you, whether you believe it or not, whether you, you feel like it or not, you have seen yourself incredibly clearly. Yeah. And now we're given the opportunity, now that we see ourselves so clearly, to really grow that, right? Which goes back into, now we will talk about North Node and Cancer, South Node and Capricorn, um, using that, having that vision of who you are being so clear, right? So crystal clear. And now all you have to do is grow it. It's like going to the store and it's like seeing that on the shelf, it has a pack of tomatoes, right? You see the tomato plant on the seed pack. You open the bag, you see the seeds, you have the instructions on the back of how to grow it, right? What are the instructions? This next year and some change is the instructions, right? North node in Cancer, South node in Capricorn. The most important thing that you can do during this time, and this is the only time that I feel like it is appropriate to ask anyone to do this, is to reach back into the past. I don't remember which newsletter it was. It was one of them. I think it was talking about some planet had entered Capricorn, not Capricorn, Cancer. And I talked about the concept of Sankofa, um, which is, uh, if you look up the Adinkra symbol uh, of Sankofa, um, it is the, there's often, actually, I feel like I've mentioned this before. Ah, I mentioned this in the, um, I think one of the first episodes I did about the eclipse, I talked about this briefly. Look at this, full circle. Everything is coming full circle, you guys. Isn't it great? <laughs> the idea of reaching back. Oftentimes, if you go, if, if you've walked through a neighborhood in any major city and you look at the gates or like ironwork, you'll, and you see that like heart-like symbol that's like in the iron, that is a Sankofa. Um, it is from the Adinkra symbols of Ghana, West Africa, right? Um, and it is to reach back to bring forward, right? So learning, taking from the past and bringing that um, into your future, using that to move forward per se. My mind is going a little blank, so that didn't sound as eloquent as I wanted it to, but it's okay. And so with that concept, we are using that, right? The ideas and the knowledge formed and creative to grow this plant that is ourself, right? We are going to become a tomato or whatever plant that you would like to become. Think of yourself as that, right? And we are going to water and give sunlight and air and whatever the fuck else it needs until it becomes amazing, right? And so with this transit, um, going, there is a, you think about, oh, let me go to my notes. 
the emphasis is on going home. Um, and I, I say going home because of the, all of it going home is very multi, it's multi-layered, you know, home is where the heart is, right? Um, home is where your mom is (laughs) and your dad and your grandma and everybody else, right? And so going home, um, and what does that mean in terms of the actions that you take? This next year and a half is a time to get to the root of who you are um, or of who you were um, and allowing that to inform the image of yourself that you create. Um, I'm trying to, in my mind, figure out how to say this, even though I did maybe like 15 minutes, not 15, about an hour ago. I had sorted through my mind and was like, oh, I'm going to say this, I'm going to say this, and now I'm just like, oh, this is so much, how do I say it? You know, the, the phrase goes, you know, those who do not learn from history are doomed to repeat it. The fourth house, which is the moon-ruled house, the cancer house, um, is about family. It's about your roots. It's about home. It's about your ancestry. It's about all of all of those things. Um, it also, in your fourth house, can also give you an indication of the ancestor or family member that you are most like. What you also find in your fourth house is the karma associated with your family and your ancestry. And so in the next year, I really encourage everyone to delve deeply into their fourth house self and into their moon self. Um, And let's look at that. Let's talk about the moon self first because it's not, not to say it's not as deep, but it's it's very different than the conversation I'm about to have with you about your fourth house self. So with the moon, it is the way that you were nurtured. It is the nurturing style that is most familiar to you. It is your comfort. It is your habits that you fall back on. It is the body It is your emotional responses to things. Um, It also rules things like art and beauty and, you know, the things that take time to create. Um, The womb, motherhood, women, um, all of those things are represented in the moon. Within, it is the unconscious self as well. And so really taking care of that part of you and how that's done, it's very different than taking care of your son, right? The son is very outward expressing. It can be a little easier to figure that out. Um, But in a world where we are oftentimes taught to um, disrespect or to even ignore or think of our 
more feminine side as weak or lesser than it can be a little difficult to um, give love to your moon in a way that is conducive to your growth right and this also really depends on the relationship between your sun sign and your moon sign I definitely encourage you to look up your sun moon blend um, and the aspect between your sun and your moon to see how they work together how they do not work together and how you can make them work together even consult with an astrologer to find out how right um so that you in this next year can make sure that you are using your moon again in a way that is kind of conducive to your growth right um and with that knowing that you know thinking about the way that you or the ways that you were raised and the things that your mother or your nurturing parent kind of um your nurturing parent um the things that they instilled within you um and just to to preface that when i i say mother again this is the figure and it's really amazingly awesome about your birth chart is it can very easily show you any person that raised you it doesn't necessarily have to be your birth mother um and so looking into that and seeing not just the the ways that maybe their nurturing style might have hindered you but the most positive parts of it as well for example with a virgo moon there is of course the nitpicky um judgmental um overbearing overly organized mother but with that also is a mother who understands the importance of routine and structure and how that can kind of create a in a way harmonious or easier life right um or has you understand and pay attention to the the finer details um in life that will make your day and your life a lot easier right so working on some of those things something that a Virgo moon could do of course I use myself an example because that is what I know the most right um doing some of those things right so nurturing yourself in a very positive way in a way that is going to allow you to get closer to that sun sign self right in a way that's going to allow room for you to kind of grow and expand um into the person that you are meant to be that you have the potential to be right i think to switch gears and talk a little bit about the south node in capricorn and what is so familiar to us we clearly live in this world or this system where what you're expected to do is get up you go to work you do your job you get really good at your job you get a promotion you get paid you have a family you have this you have that you have the structure you do this right no one for the most part most people who are listening to this um wouldn't dare kind of step out of the expectations in terms of the their societal expectations of course unless you're like an axe murderer or something like that where you're just like fuck it like what are rules like we don't follow those right (laughs) but for the most part all of us have a certain amount of discipline um in 
in terms of maintaining the existing structure to maintain our public lives, right? There are certain things that you will and will not do because of the way that those things would make you look in society, right? That's very familiar to us. Um, we, for the most part, if I'm going to get weird and talk about like for the, we operate within the matrix. Most of us do not necessarily question the way that the matrix matrix exists, right? It's ah no, this is just the way it is. This is fine. Like this is okay. You know, like the, (laughs) like the, 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 uh, picture of the dog sitting at the table with the coffee (laughs) in the burning building, like this is fine. Um, regardless of whether it is or not, right? We, we're not even going to get there. That's, um, that's some Aquarius season shit that we'll talk about, right? Um, that's some Saturn and Aquarius shit that we'll talk about many years from now. Not many, like three. Um, and so because of that, right, all of this time and energy that we are we know that we invest into our public lives, our reputation, in finding a career, in uh, really making sure that we are propelling or um, not necessarily propelling or contributing to the capitalist system that exists. That's also very Capricorn, right? Um, being a consumer, buying this, buying that, living the American dream, all of that shit is Capricorn AF, right? We are very, as a country, we are very, 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 very familiar with this part of ourselves. However, what they're on the other side of that, if we were to utilize the need for discipline and structure um, and the boundaries that we kind of place (laughs) among, around our um, our outer life, if we place that upon our personal and private life, what would that look like for us? I want you to think about that. Think about all of the, you know, in journal or whatever, think about all of the things that you do personally that cross your... If you think about the Capricorn as a system, right, or the public life as a system, how are we treating the internal system, which is our private life, right? What rules and boundaries um, are we crossing within that? What limitations are we placing upon that, right? What things do you do that you know that you probably shouldn't be doing? Even though it's your life and you can do what you want, what things are you doing that are not conducive to you being your best self, right? We're supposed to be watering the plant with, you know, pure water, not fluoride water. We're not spraying pesticides on this. Why are, why are we putting all that shit on there, right? Why are we taking so much of this gunk and junk um, from the expectations of the public world and placing them upon ourselves? Why? That's not okay. Um, and so looking through and doing a really good kind of analysis. Well, you know, it's the funny thing is like you with transits, you don't have to do that. They're going to show you, um, (laughs) for some people it will be a lot more evident than others. I'll get to that at the end of this. Um, but 
working through and seeing what those are. But again, applying the same amount of discipline and care and structure and boundaries upon ourselves to really allow ourselves the room and space to grow in the way that we need to and the way that we would like to. And so with that, going back to the idea of Sankofa, going back to the idea of those who do not learn from their history are doomed to repeat it, your ancestry and your home life and your karma of your family is very much so tied to this transit. And I really challenge everyone um, to, that's what I wanted to say, to really delve into those parts of yourself. Where do you come from? What country is your family from? If you do not know, dig really, really deep and find what you're kind of called to understand. And more importantly, when you're doing that, looking and analyzing and seeing what parts of you, your being, because remember all of the, you know, this is a very healthy way of looking at the past, looking at your past and seeing how it has informed the person that you have become today. How has the lineage of your family um, shown you, shown who you are today and how you show up in the world? And for a lot of people, and you know who I'm talking about, there are some really, you know, deep and intense conversations that there are to be had with family to be had with ancestors if that's something that you believe in and talking to spirit and talking to your your ancestors um, about some of the things that they've done that have created the world that we exist in right now. And in doing so, allowing yourself the space um, and the in you know, and the know-how to be able to kind of deconstruct some of that shit so that you can fulfill your purpose, so that you can kind of undo some of this really just shitty baggage and karma that has kind of been brought with you because of them, right? Seeing and understanding where lots of your family were, understanding where your pain and your hurt comes from and when it's a, coming from a place of family, right? And then kind of being able to dissect why that exists um, not necessarily why that exists, but di- looking at it so that you can do something about it, right? Again, those who do not learn from the past are doomed to repeat it, right? And so in you, I'm guessing that by listening to this, you're someone who wants to be um, change and break and destroy some of these generational cycles and ultimately destroy some of these really terrible cycles within our world that requires some deep diving, right? So honor your ancestors, right? Whether that is through, you know, with my, look, let me just get, re- like, you know, whether that is setting up an, an altar space for them, having picture, you know, one thing, you know, we have all these pictures of our fucking, um, our friends and all these fucking selfies and shit. Yo, get some parent pictures of your fucking grandparents and your great parent grandparents. Get some pictures of all your family members who have fucking passed away and make sure that shit that it is in your house. Make sure that those pictures are in your dorm room, wherever it is that you live, whether you live in a shared space or you live on your own. You know, one thing that I love so much about when I went to my great grandmother's house, kind of feeling nostalgic, just came back from Thanksgiving. Or even when I was in my grandmom's grandmother's house this last weekend is seeing how many pictures she had of everyone. Um, and how 
beautiful that is and how that is something that we just kind of have to continue, right? To continue to make space for these people and show them the love and gratitude that we have for them because without them, we would not be here, right? And understanding and knowing how much they contribute to our existence. Um, and that that situation also being the case in terms of your mother, right? Yeah. And so also with this, not even in terms of just working in the, the past of people who have passed, but also working and really looking at your relationships with your parents, your grandparents, um, and really kind of understanding those things as well. And ultimately being able to forgive um, for not, maybe not receiving the nurturing and care that you might have needed or deserved, but seeing that this is, an, and I feel like for a lot of people, this ship is going to be thrown directly in your face in a very uncomfortable way, but hey, we got to get uncomfortable so that we can get comfortable, right? Um, taking a really close look at that um, so that, again, you can open up space within yourself um, to grow and leave room for you to nurture and love yourself the way that you need to and the way that you want to, right? Um, one thing that I kind of thought of, and you know, People, one thing that I respect so much about uh, many immigrants is that they come to the United States and they do not abandon their culture. And I can see why there is a tendency for many, at least parents, like parents um, of children who are uh, immigrants, right? Um, the way that they're like, eh, like, don't get too Americanized, right? I feel like, and I feel like since the inception of the country, when you come to the United States, is a place in which you abandon everything before you. <laughs> and you're just like, hey, we're fucking American now. And it's like, yeah, you are, but like, you're also not. You know, like you are so much more than that. And being able to kind of explore that and hold on to those parts of yourself, right? Um, not forgetting who you once were. Um, we come to, people come to this, this country to, or I will, I will speak in terms of an experience that I'm more familiar with. I don't want to sit here and pretend like I'm an expert on something I'm not. Um, you know, you, we come here, you are an American now right? You're an American first, right? Patriotism, shoots gun in the air, cowboy hat, woo. Um, <laughs> and so like remembering that you are so much more than the, you know, when you think about it, the United States is a relatively young country, which, oh my God, I don't know who I was talking to, but when I realized that I was like, holy shit, like, you know, like, Anglo-Saxons and shit like that goes far, 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 far back. Like you look at Kemet, you look at um, so many of these, these, you know, granted boundaries of what is considered a culture and shit that you know, a, a country has dramatically shifted since um, 
the Europeans have came. Um, but, you know, g- generally speaking, like the, the history and origins of like people and groups and societies that kind of like uh, are together, you know, different communities and stuff like that. But lots of them go back really, really far, you know, and that goes for us as well. Why stop at 1776 um, when you come from so much more before that? And I know that's kind of difficult for, um, especially as a as a black woman and for black folks, to kind of conceptualize because not conceptualize, but to be it's it's kind of like well duh like I know that like for many of us, um, whether you know it be black folks in the United States or even in the Caribbean or even I would even say indigenous folks um or people who are of an indigenous background and from the from Latin America um many of us our ancestors don't exist anymore you know in in case of people who might have came from some of the tribes that were completely wiped out right or you have become so far removed from who you are and who your people are, right? Um, Because there has not only been a genocide of your people, but of the, your languages and cultures and the way that the cultures that you kind of come from exist within the, on the continent, talking about Africa, of course, have been completely altered and distorted by colonialism and imperialism. So it's like, where am I? Who the fuck am I? And I, and so I, I really encourage and I really open the, you know, encourage, especially I, if, if I'm being honest, I, that is who I'm speaking to right now. I'm talking to every black person who is listening to me <laughs> right now, you know, opening that door and really looking at the different realms of possibility and thought of where you might be from. Right. And I know it can be daunting and it can be overwhelming to think like, well, I don't know what country I'm from. You know, I don't know where my family is from. I don't know if this 23andMe um, <laughs> DNA test is <laughs> is accurate or not, right? But why not be so open to reading and understanding, you know, the literature and cultures of as many African countries as possible? You know, we sat here and had an entire fucking AP course about European history. Why not learn everything that you can about the African continent? And from seeing and finding what resonates with you and what really kind of turns on the, you know, the aha moments, of course, being that this resonates because this is familiar, you know, the, the, woo, that, um, the remembering, right? Really great book that I'll recommend right now. It is called Something Torn and New. Um, and it is by Nguli Wathiango, anyone who went to Howard University. <laughs> in like 2016 probably knows this book and you know it it makes so much more sense now and honestly I would tell anyone to read this book um in terms of it talking about the way that um ooh, this transit is going to be so fun I'm so excited already if if you can't tell because I just keep talking about like all these books and all this amazing stuff that I'm just coming back to because it all makes sense now um in the book he is talking about um the way that we have been or African people have been dismembered, right? 
um, and kind of spread, you know, you know, physically spread across the world in terms of our artifacts and our resources, in terms of our language, in terms of our physical being, parts of our culture, um, how languages have been destroyed, how, you know, parts of our being have been torn apart, right? But from that, we have been able to create um, a new way of being, um, of expressing ourselves, right? But also from that, being very intentional about going after and finding the different parts of yourself and reconnecting them so that you can remember putting the pieces together, but also remembering in the mind, right? Remembering and getting back to the place of who you are and where you're from. Doesn't that sound awesome? Anyway, and in doing that, being able to gain that closeness of self. And it's really funny because I was like, you know, what are all these books about? And it really kind of put in perspective what my, ooh, Jupiter and Sag, education at, or the, the beginning parts of my education at Howard University really about, which is about stepping out of the American and Western idea of what it means to be educated and what it means to be you, what it means to be, in this case, a, a Black American, and really kind of restructuring and reforming your identity by diving in to the text and the understanding of those who you have came from. Right. And so I again, I encourage everyone to do that. That looks so different from all of us. And I think that's what's beautiful and amazing about it. You know, read old texts, you know, of your people, of other people. I feel like there is this really not weird, but like there is this like strange, like kind of like (laughs) wrote like not romanticism or fetishization of like eastern religions and like eastern you know what I mean and it's like all of that is cool and all of that is amazing you know it's amazing to study the bible to study the quran to study you know all of those really amazing texts but like get to the core of who your people are beyond just the way in which we know them right now beyond the way that this new age kind of spirituality has been like you know take a piece from here take a piece from there no before you can do that right what is more important but understanding you and where you come from right and then from there being able to connect the dots and say ah i can see how this informed this and where you know these two things come together and how these things relate right and it, I hope I'm not getting too far off track. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, Whew, I could keep talking forever. So I'm just going to switch gears to really quickly to things that we can expect to see in the mainstream uh, or play out in the political arena. And some, ugh, so many things to talk about. I'm just so excited. If you can't tell that I'm excited, I'm just so excited right now. I was also reading this, another really great book that I would recommend, another book that I also was supposed to be reading during undergrad called The Eloquence of the Scribes, a memoir of the sources and resources of African literature. It is by Ayi Kwe Arma. And he is amazing and has so many books about like healing and just, oh just so awesome but like you know you we sit around and we go to all these different other people and other texts and individuals to kind of find these answers when our own people have these answers as well 
right? And then from there, we can all come together and be like, yo, let's, let's share and let's talk, right? Anyway, what to expect in the mainstream? So during this next year, um, definitely motherhood um, and womanhood will definitely be things that are at the forefront of the things that we talk about in our country. Um, as well as conversations about the ocean. You know, that's one thing that I've also noticed as well is there's been so much talk about like, you know, plastic in the ocean, what's happening to sea animals, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, probably going to be more things about natural resources, um, especially water resources in the next year. Um, again, going back to that conversation about motherhood and womanhood, uteruses, the womb, you know, we've already seen part of this kind of play out in terms of, you know, back at, in June, when we had that eclipse that had the, that eclipse with the full moon in the full moon. No, it was it a new moon with the new moon. Yeah. Cause it's the end of the month that no, that would make it a full moon. I'm so sorry. Yes. So that full moon at the end of June that had the, you know, I was talking about the, the crossroads, right. Um, with, uh, what is the planet called? Um, my mind is all over the place because I'm excited. I can't think. Oh, um, the moon in, um, Yes, the moon was in Capricorn and the sun was in Cancer, right? Um, So back when we had that full moon, and I believe at the time it had kind of sparked the beginning of or reignited the debate about reproductive rights for women. Um, And that's also something that we've seen play out during this election. Um, I think, yeah, because the day of the election was the, or the day before, um, North Node went into, that's when the, we had the nodal shift. And remember, we had Alabama and Ohio, and I'm pretty sure a couple of other different states were also having lots of um, abortion laws um, and uh, laws regarding birth control um, kind of coming underway. Of course, we have um, the big deal with Brett being the new Supreme Court justice is the fact that he is probably going to try to overturn Roe v. Wade. So that is definitely something we will consider continue to see. I think especially as things kind of unfold, it will definitely be on a state level that we kind of see these things happening. So be on a watch for any kind of major transit um, with the moon when the moon is conjunct, ooh, when the moon is conjunct sat, yo, mar- when we have a new moon in Capricorn, watch, just watch, I'm serious, just watch, new moon in Capricorn, when we have a eclipse that is close to Saturn, we're close to Pluto. Watch, watch what happens politically. I'm so serious. It, this shit, I, I'm fucking serious. And we're gonna think, like, oh my god, man, it was right. I'm like, yeah, yo, I was right because, like, yeah. Anyway, so this will definitely be really big themes. And I also, you know, that conversation will also happen in your life too. So you'll probably have lots of friends. We'll probably see lots of people becoming mothers, right? 
um, or talks of being a mother or having that conversation with yourself about like what womanhood looks like for you um, or even just kind of like a closeness with the receptive parts of ourselves, right? And then also lots of things in terms of creation. Um, that is what, you know, creation and growth in terms of the arts and beauty and all that really good stuff. So I think, you know, this transit as I think it's going to be very difficult in terms of the way that it shows up in the political space and across the world. I think also another thing to watch is how women's rights um, unfold across the globe as well. That will also be very interesting to see. I know we just, um, uh, again, after the transit, I think the November issue of Vogue, um, Arabia, they had the, the, the princess, um, driving the car, right? Because women, you know, women are in Saudi Arabia, they've given women the right to drive, right? So we'll kind of see the way that um, the rights of women expand and also has, unfortunately, how they, um, how they're taken away too, um, within the next, until 2020, what is it, March or January? I wrote that down somewhere. I had my notes. I tried not to be too attached to them because I know how I can be. I wrote it somewhere. Oh, well, it's not that important. Anyway, um, I think that's all I have to talk about. I hope this was informative. I hope it was. I'm sorry, I was biting my nail. Um, I'm excited. You should be excited. Everyone should be excited. You know, our starting point for all the really amazing North Node and Leo, South Node and Aquarius things will definitely be the first eclipse of the year. The first eclipse of the year, which is January 5th, I believe it's going to be a big one. Um, as it is going to be at zero degrees Leo and we'll have our nodes in there. All right. Anyway, I hope this was helpful. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for your support. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter. Exciting things coming up per use or not per use. I don't know. Anyway. When I do something new, you'll see it. (laughs) Anyway, again, thank you so much for listening. I'll talk to you next time. And I just had to add one more thing. (laughs) Literally just published it like five minutes ago. I was like, wait, no, 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 no. Anyway, if you are a listener um, and you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please, 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 please please rate um, the podcast. If you listen on Spotify, make sure that you subscribe. If you, I'm about to like tweet the link, retweet, share on your Insta story and tag me, you know, important things, right? In terms of growing um, the uh, audience of the podcast. Anyway, that's all I wanted to say. 
Um, thank you so much again for your support and for listening and you have a great day. And as I just said, I will talk to you next time.